0: Train Sports Club Podcast, your host and conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. Grab your ticket, get on board, enjoy the ride. We don't know where this journey is going to take us, but it's going to be a nice journey. We'll be running down the scores of all the high school games across the state of Kansas from 6A all the way down to possibly even 6-man. Also, Coach's Corner, we have a special guest on. So... Enjoy the ride. Keep your seatbelt on and stay seated at all times because this train is going to take you on the journey. Expect the unexpected, but expect the unexpected to be the normal. A Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host is Dr. Anthony Smith, and that show is getting ready to get started. Hold tight. Let's get the train rolling. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, $0.99 a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month will get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast.
1: This is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Woo!
0: To the A train Sports Talk Podcast, your host, Smith. I'm ready to give you the rundown of scores that happened across the state of Kansas. There were some good games last night in and around the area. Yes. In and around the area. We had Derby, Bishop Carroll Right here in Wichita area. You had Capon, Northwest. And you had some other good games. So we're going to go ahead and get the scoreboard show started. Happy to join me. Glad you got the ticket. Glad you're on board. Let's get this train on the track. So glad you could join me. Once again, it's Anthony Smith, your host and conductor of the A-Train Sports Podcast. And last night, was a night for football fans high school football fans week three there were some games in around the area west of us east of us all points in between we're going to go ahead and get this thing started with the look at the 6a scoreboard as we have some final scores as blue valley just pummeled lee summit missouri by the final score of 67 to 36, Blue Valley West annihilate St. James Academy, 38 to six, Blue Valley North over Blue Valley Southwest by a score of 40 to 28. Don't have a score for KC Turner or Casey Harmon. Blue Valley Northwest pummeled St. Joseph Central out of Missouri by the final score of 49 to six. In the game, that was basically, thanks for coming, more or less a glorified scrimmage. Manhattan pitches a shutout over Highland Park, boat racing them 70-0. to Shiny Mission Northwest cruises past Olathe East 51-6. to In a more closely contested game, Shiny Mission North outlast Olathe Northwest by a touchdown 14-7. Lawrence, who looks to have things going for them now this year, cruises past Shawnee Mission West 35 to 7. Olathe North outlasts Free State by two scores, by two touchdowns, by the score of 21 to 7. Gardner Edgerton seem to be playing a little bit better, but they still came up just a little bit short as they fall to Olathe South by the score of 34 to 30. Olathe West. Cruises past Shawnee Mission South, 56-13. Mill Valley, a perennial power. Cruises past Shawnee Mission East, 41-10. to Line of South gets, goes, cruises past campus by the score of 36-14. I don't have a score on Wichita Heights North against Wichita North. However, it's good to see East High get off the slide now, and they rebounded thoroughly with a 58-0 shellacking of Wichita Southeast. Dodge City has no problem with Wichita South, 35-16. Barton City shuts out Wichita West, 49-0, and a game that was the feature game in the area which pitted Derby against Bishop Carroll, the highly anticipated two of the top teams in their respective classes. That's right, two of the top teams in their respective classes. Highly anticipated game, which was basically considered as a shootout. And hopefully we can get some audio on that, and I believe we will. But it was an entertaining game, a very entertaining game. You got your money's worth. As Derby had a big lead on Carroll, but we will let the highlights speak for themselves. Hold tight as we pull that up. And if you were in attendance at the game last night, you were in for a Donnie Brooks.
2: All Derby Brax.
0: So we are efforting pulling up that audio. So here we go. I
3: was just going to fall. Derby just two games into the season, but they look good. Opening kick. Dylan Edwards on the carry for the Panthers. A ball gets stripped, and the Golden Eagles recover deep in Derby territory. But the Panthers would hold Carroll to just a field goal, and so it was up three nothing early. So, who we'll turned that down? Edwards would be quick oh, to be redeem sure. himself. First play of the ensuing drive, he breaks off for a 59 yard run, finally taken down inside of the 10 yard line. Very next play, Mercer Thatcher with the quarterback keeper. He puts in the touchdown for the Panthers. They go up seven to three. Ensuing Carroll Drive Derby defense would force its first turnover of the game. They get it on that fumble right there. That leads to another Thatcher touchdown on the QB sneak. Derby takes a 13-3 lead, but the Golden Eagles not out of this one. They drive the field and answer back. Chase Marsh, that's Matthew Holcusen on the other end. 41 yards to the crib. That's a three-point game now. But the start of the first half. Uh, oh, he got that block. Block, and he's gone. You're not catching Dylan Edwards in a foot race. He makes one cut, and, ladies and gentlemen, he's gone to the crib. The Panthers D forces are three and out. And then it is Edwards once again, a player of the game, no doubt. 63 yards this time. The dude is a human highlight. We got to get a nickname. I don't know. The, 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 the joystick. He does it all. I don't know. Gets to the end zone. Carroll would hold Derby to just three points after half, though. Close one. 44-36. The
2: final. What a game. All right. So that was Bishop
0: Carroll versus Derby. And final score came down to Derby winning, 44-36. Once again, the game was very entertaining, but that Edwards kid, the Derby. There's not too many guys that are going to catch him. Probably about the only one that will catch him in his prime, that's the lead-in right there, the lead-in would be Coach Prime in his prime. Anyway, now we move this scoreboard on to five A, where we see Lansing was in a dogfight with Shiny Heights. They squeak out with a three-point victory by a score of seventeen to fourteen. These Missouri teams might want to stay on their side of the border and play teams in their state only, as these Kansas schools were not nice. Kansas City Sumner pitches a shutout against. Kansas City, Missouri, Lincoln Prep, by the final score of 32-0. No score on Kansas City Schlegel or against Kansas City, Washington. However, Junction City cruises past Topeka Seaman, by a score of 23-16. Washburn Rural, sweeps past Pittsburgh, 19-17. Topeka Hayden cruises past Topeka West, 39-6. Valley Center annihilates Coffeeville to shut out 51 0. Andover Central, a well oiled machine, cruises past Goddard Eisenhower 35 13. Their crosstown rival, Andover, gets past the line of Central by the score of 28 19. That others maze. Gets past touch by two scores, 28 to 14, and then their cross-state rival. And if I'm correct, I believe both of these schools are undefeated, so they are definitely heading on a collision course for bragging rights in the town of Mays. The Mays Eagles. No problem with the Newton Railers. As a matter of fact, they derailed them by the score of 54 to 10. Hayes has no problem with Liberal. They clipped the wings on the BJ's by the score of 58 to 14, which now moves us to our feature game, which was in the air capital city. Wichita Northwest versus Capon, Mount Carmel. Mind you, going into the game, Wichita Northwest, had already suffered a loss. Talking with Western Shorts upon last week, they were looking for that signature win. So the question is, did they get that signature win? Mind you, Both coaches, good friends. However, when the game is on the line, you want to beat the man that's across the field from you. So, let's pull you up some highlights of this game. Northwest versus
2: Capen. You've got Capen, you've got Northwest. Some positioning here. Carroll beat Northwest earlier in the season. Capen's unbeaten coming in. Let's see what happens here. 3 0 start for Capen if they can get the win. First quarter, no score. Northwest inside the 10. A fumble, though, and Will Doolittle recovers. There were a lot of stalled drives in the first half to the second quarter we go still no score fourth down for capon look at the hard run from omari elias picks it up but no points for Capin. they miss a field goal Talked about stalled drives this one does not stall still scoreless a long grizzly drive capped by an lj phillips pounding run finally points seven 0 grizzlies but capon trying to get something going before the half elias with a nice gainer here. He was running hard all game long. Extends the drive. Less than a minute to go now before the break. Little will play fake. Defender slips. Wide open. Henry Thingball from Dylan Hamilton. Touchdown. Seven square. Northwest would add a field goal before the half. 10-7. And then Capen explodes in the second half. So 34-17 winners. The Crusaders make a statement. Not just in the City League, but you know in the class as well. All right. right, let's. So there you have
0: the final score. So Northwest is now really licking their wounds as now they are out the gate with a one and two record. You have to look back to wonder when was the last time Northwest lost two games this early in the season and they're looking at one and two. A while since that's happened, but that was your final. Northwest losing to Capen by the score of 34 17. Now we will go ahead and transition into 4A and give you those scores, and then after that, we will take a break. If at the 4A scoreboard, Independence shuts out. Fort Scott, final score 28 0. Spring Hill annihilates Ottawa 54 7. Dora tweaks past Bonner Springs by a touchdown 14 7. And then another closely contested game. Tonga Noxie comes away with a 17 13 victory. Bishop Miege knocks off Aquinas 23 20. Leavenworth squeaks past Kansas City Piper, 25 to 23. Acer Linwood gets past DeSoto, 26 to 20. Atchison Cruises past Wyandot, Kansas City Wyandotte, 38 to 16. Allegiant has no problem with Rose Hill coming away with the 35 to 7 victory. Augusta and Circle pretty much in the shootout. Augusta comes out ahead, 42 to 35. Circle comes out ahead, 42-35. Bueller gets past Winterfield, 18-17. 18-7, excuse me. Arc City gets past Garter, 27-21. El Dorado has no problem with Lebec County. Cruising past 51-7. Andale and has no problem with Wellington, coming away with the 61-6 victory. And McPherson gets past Great Bend by the score of 34 So what we're going to do here now is we are going to take a pause, we're going to see if our guest is ready, if not we'll come back in with more scores picking up with 3A. So, stay tuned to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, we'll be back after a few words.
4: Want to
0: enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels. Light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.cakeybums.com That's www.cakeybums.com www.cakeybums.com To enhance your workout, with the resistance bands that everyone is talking about.
1: Hi, this is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Woo!
0: Podcast segment number two. As we are giving you the rundown of scores all across the state of Kansas high school football, and they're played on Friday night. We're giving you six a, five a, four a. Now, we're class three a. Let's dive on into this now. Class 3A, we have no store on Hugleton versus Gaiman out of Oklahoma. However, we do have Nemaha Central. Slips away with a 19-7 victory over Tabetha. Holton cruises past Perry to Compton by the final score of 2017. Have no score on Santa Fe Trail versus Anderson County Garnett. Wellsville has no problem with Iola as they cruise past 42 to 14. Have no score on Burlington versus Osawatomie. Prairie cruises past Parsons. 38 to 14. Galena doubles up pretty much on Riverton by the score of 42 to 24. Girard has no problem as they double up Columbus, 47 at 20, 26. Chanute cruises past Jefferson West, 37 to eight. No score on Lewisburg versus Baldwin. Cimarron squeaks past Scott City with a 26 20 victory. No scores on Southwestern Heights versus Colton. Likewise, Rock Creek versus Marysville. Concordia has no problem getting past Beloit, 33 to 14. Chapman Cruz is past Abilene, 56 to 21. Romago well, flips past Clay Center by the score of 47 to 41 in a shootout, so to speak. Ulysses gets past Kobe by the score of 28 to 22. Garden Kenny has no problem with Garden playing, final score, 34-7. Pratt has no problem with Heston, almost same score, just add two more, 36-7. Lions squeaks past Nickerson by two, 28-26, while Larnard just annihilates Haven by the score of 36-6. Smoky Valley in a closely contested game gets past Hillsborough 14-8. And Hoysington doubles up Halstead and a little bit more by the score of 46-20. Also, Mulvane has no problem with Clearwater as they clear the water by, by the final score of 32-13. to Now we move to 2A. No score on Pitt Colvin against Frontenac. However, Cedric Blast, Cherokee Southeast, 65-6. to Also, no score on Ossalusa, and Jefferson County North. However, Humboldt cuts out Neodashay by the score of 56-0. Osage City has no problem with Mission Valley beating them 45-8. Also, Rossville more than handles St. Mary's 44-20. Atchison County, Effingham, no problem in a blowout. Blanking, McLeod, 58-0. Pleasant Ridge comes away with victory over Marah Hill by the score of forty-two to twenty-eight. Eureka shuts out Bluefield forty-four to zero. Hiawatha does likewise. The Riverside fifty-five to zero. Bayhawk Glen gets by Baxter Springs thirty to eighteen. Redonia sweeps past Cherryville twenty-eight to twenty-two. Caney Valley shuts out Erie thirty-six to zero. Council Grove more than doubles up West Franklin, 44 to 20. Raleigh County gets past Raleigh, past Silver Lake, 22 to 14. No score on Phillipsburg and Ellis. Thomas More Prep has no problem with Plainville by the score of 21 0. Norton Community shuts out Russell, 40 to 0. Minneapolis beat Republic County, 20 to 6. While southeast of the lean just annihilates Elbert 72 to 6. Lakin gets past Goodland 22 to 14. Trinity manhandles Bell Plain 40 to 0. Chaparral shuts out Sterling 30 to 0. Kingman blows the doors off Marion, blanking them as well. 61 zip. Wichita Trinity, though, was in a dogfight, but they escaped with a one-point victory over Douglas by the score of 19-18. Now we move on to Class 1A. As Opry manhandles Linden, 70-0. to zero. Central Heights shuts out Northern Heights, 31-0. to zero. Uniontown has no problem with Pleasanton deep them by the score of 30 to six. Valley height has no problem blowing out Horton, 62 to seven. Troy gets past Wombasi, 10 to six. Centralia has no problem cruising past Jackson Height, 36 to 12. No scores on Cherokee Southeast against Armin Arthrease. likewise, Syracuse and Stanton County. However, El Saline gets past Oakley 20-14. to 14. Smith Center blows out Ellenwood 66-0. Sacred Heart, oh, my God. Some of these games need a mercy rule, for real. As Inman was shooting for 100, but they'll sell it for 86. Why wouldn't they? Especially when Sacred Heart couldn't even score. That's right. Inman, 86. Sacred Heart, zero. Remington Cruises past Independent, 60 to 21. Conway Spring has no problem with Elkhart as they blow them out and leave them with a goose egg by the score of 50 to zero. Hope the crank continues rolling as we look at eight man division one. No score on Colony Crest against Marmonton Valley, however, Pierre caravelle Latin has no problem disposing them Marinatha Academy, beating them 60 to 6. Sedan has no problem with Burton cent- Central. They relieved them of their burden by the score of 58 to 8. West Elk beat Splint Hill 34 to 14. Udall has no problem with Peterville Dexter, beating them 60 to 28. No score on South Coffee County against Madison. Johnson-Brock gets past Donovan West, 38-20, while Chase County blows the doors off of Valley Falls, 52-6. No score for Wakefield versus Clifton-Clyde. However, Canton-Galva blows out Washington County, leaving them with the goose egg, beating them 50-0. Attica-Argonia annihilates Oxford, 60-8. Bennington has no problem with Mound Ridge, beating them 52 34 in a more closely contested game, if you call it that close. No score for Rural Vista against Harrington. However, Little River cruises past Gossel 66 20. No score on St. John Hudson against Fairfield. However, Kinsley demonizes South Haven 64 14. Skyline cruises past Pretty Prairie, 30 to 14. And the game that says fourth quarter, but we know that can't be. However, at the time, score was Hodgman County, 48, Buckland 50, with Buckland holding the advantage. No score for Wallace County against Atwood, Rollins County. However, Ness City, Blank LaCrosse, well, that was showing sure a first quarter score, of 14 to zero. so. These scores hadn't been updated. Look like they're still not updated. However, we have no score on Wheatland Grinnell against Stockton. However, we do have a final: Wichita County cruises past Hill City, sixty-two to twenty-eight. <clears throat> Medicine Lodge has no problem with Maxville beating them, fifty-four fourteen. Now we move on to eight-man division two. And like there are several games that does not have no scores. so what I'm going to do, I'm just going to read you the games that have scores. As Dighton shuts out St. Francis 45-0. Marmonton Valley has no problem with Chatopa, beating them 66-14. Gate Center cruises past St. Paul 52-6. Oswego has no problem shutting out Altoona Midway 49-0. Barber has no problem... Cruising past Central Christian, beating them 56 to 6. And in a closely contested game, in eight man, a two point victory for Caldwell as they get past Norwich, gets past, flips past, 36 to 34. game, boat races Hartford, 57 to 6. South Central, blank Kiowa County, 50 to 0. Fairville shuts out Ingalls. In a closely contested game, Mineola gets passed out, Gray, 12-6. Quintner has no problem disposing of Decatur Community, beating them by the final score of 54-6. And in a very closely contested game, when most games are blowout, how about this? Trago Community slips past Victoria, 42-40. Hoaxy beats Triplanes Brewster fifty-two to twenty-two, and then another close game that went into overtime. That's right, overtime. Tescott gets past Wilson, twenty-eight to twenty. Mr. Plains, in uh, what would be compared to the low-scoring affair, gets past Otis Bison by the score of twenty-six to twelve. Sylvan Lucas demonizes Chase, beating them sixty-two to zero. Pike Valley has no problem disposing of Southern Cloud 52-6. Axtel likewise, no problem with Rock Hills, 62-14. Osborne cruises past Lakeside 48-8. Thunder Ridge blows out St. John Tipton 56-6. In a closely contested game, Frankfurt gets past Onega 28-22. Hanover blows out Blue Ridge, Blue Valley Randolph. 68-0, and Lynn, I guess you could consider this a high-scoring game. It just considers what side of the score you're on. However, Lynn cruises past Wetmore, 78-30, to which now we will move into six-man. However, before I give you six-man results, I have a report that I want to share with you regarding six man, if I can pull that up. And it is right here before me as Kacia, as some calls it, short name for it, has decided to sanction six-man football. That's right. So beginning with the 2022 season, six-player football will officially be sanctioned by KSHSAA following a unanimous vote of their board of directors Wednesday afternoon. The sport started in the state six seasons ago and currently features 15 football playing teams. If nine more students choose to adopt the sport in 2022, something that is expected, the championship will commence. Since 2016, Dodge City has hosted the Wild West Bowl, a game set to return in 2021 that crowns the top six-man, the top team in six-man football. Currently, Ashland, Bird City, Shiland, Cunningham, Deerfield, Fowler, Garden Plains, Moscow, Natoma, Northern Valley, Pawnee Heights, Rolla, Tribune, Greeley County, Weston, and Western Plain all a six-man football teams. To play six-man football, there is a maximum enrollment of 55 students in grades 9, 10, and 11. Eight men will remain at 100 students. Additionally, the board, additionally at the Board of Directors, meeting Keisha, voted to shake up the number of schools in classes 3a 2a and 1a in football 3a and 2a will each drop from 40 schools with the remaining 11 man playing schools in 1a the current cycle includes 48 schools for both 3a and 2a with just 28 in 1a district assignments are set to be released on october 6th when the new structure will officially be released so There's that news for you right there, and we will get back in to the scoreboard show. But I want to share that with you. That way you'll know what's taking place. So now we will scroll on down and pull up the six-man scores for you. And then after that, we will take a break. Hope you are enjoying the ride. I'm glad being your host and conductor. So now we are getting ready to go ahead and give you these 6A scores. And based on that report, look like 6A is a, I mean, 6Man is about to expand. For those two things that are on my bucket list as I do this podcast. I hope someday soon. Get somewhere to where I can witness one eight man game, division one or division two, it doesn't matter. Then I also want to experience a six man contest. Let me go ahead and give you these scores no score for Century and Cunningham, however, Northern Valley blows out Deerfield 84 to 28. Fowler has no problem in this, would definitely have to be considered a shootout just somebody had to be on the wrong side of it. Fowler. Cruises past Cunningham, 92 to 46. Moscow has no problem with Burton beating him 67 to 20. Ashton gets past Bird City Chilean by the score of 42 to 32. Pawnee Heights has no problem with Rolla, 72 to 24. Tribune has no problem with well, a cruise past Tribune, past Garden Plain, 65 to 31 and the cruises past Natoma. Natoma cruises past Weston by the score of 67-19. So there you have the scores all across the state of Kansas from 6-8 all the way down to 6 men. What I'm going to do here now is I'm going to take a break and when I come back I'll have a little bit more news for you. We should have the coaches corner coming up shortly. So just Stay tuned. It is the A-Train Football Podcast. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, $0.99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or 9 dollars a month will get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast.
3: I'm Nick. And I'm Adam. And we're cheering from the cheap seats, and you're listening to the A-Train Sports Podcast. woo whoop! whoop.
0: Segment and what we're going to do is we're going to look at another segment I'm putting in here on the slide.
4: Real, real effort in our corner. We're going to look at rising star, and not particularly in sports football. We're going to.
0: Let's go outside the box, so to speak. That's right. We're going to look at the track and field Rising Star athletes. Rising Star, southeast, upland, density, altitude, hunger, the tennis, high icy career. So let's just look into this story right now with a little bit of audio.
4: Dentry Alderson warms up for practice with a smile on her face. I love running. It is my passion. I just love to do it.
2: The 2019 3A state champion will never take competing in the sport she loves for granted again. Coming off of her sophomore season where she won state, um, you know, she had high expectations for her junior season. And, you know, she wasn't able to run at that same level. Um, you know the heart was willing, but the body just wasn't able to at that point.
5: A long fight with COVID nineteen, several other illnesses, and an anemia
4: diagnosis in the middle of her junior season meant, for the first time in her career, she couldn't always cross the finish line. Right after I didn't finish that first race, that I didn't finish, I wanted to be done. I did not want to run. I did not enjoy one single Ooh. moment of running last year. After a seventh place finish at state cross country, she was hungry to make a comeback. Right after. Cross- country, I changed my mindset.
2: She worked hard in the off season last year in the winter during the winter months and put in some good mileage. Uh, got healthy and um, it really paid off for her in the spring.
5: Alderson would bring home two gold medals at the 3A state track meet in the 3200 and
4: 1600. I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. Now she's more motivated than ever to finish her high school career with a second cross-country title. I want to run every day. I want to race. I'm excited to
2: race. It's fun to see her. She's driven and focused and really wants to have a great senior season.
4: From Saline County, Ellen I Eyewitness Sports.
0: So, there you have that sound clip. So, South East Saline High School Girls Cross Country Team is one of the best in Class 38 and will look to defend the state title this season. Senior Gentry Alderson anchors the Trojans and is hungry to finish her high school with another championship. She goes on to say, I love running. It is my passion. I just love to do it, she said. 2019 3A state champion said she'll never take competing in the sport she loves for granted again. Coming off her sophomore season when she won state, she had high expectations for her junior season and she wasn't able to run at that same level. The heart was willing, but the body wasn't able to at that point. Southeast of Saline, cross country coach Wade Castleman said, a long fight with COVID 19, several other Ill- illnesses and an anemia diagnosis in the middle of her junior season means that for the first time in her career, Alderson couldn't always cross the finish line. She said right after I didn't finish the first race, I want to be done. I didn't want to run. I did not enjoy one single moment of rain last year, she said. But after a seventh-place finish at last year's state cross-country meet, she was hungry to make a comeback. Right after cross-country, I changed my mindset, Alderson said. Worked hard in the off season last year and during the winter months, putting in good mileage and getting healthy. It paid off in the spring, which ended with Alderson bringing home two gold medals at the 3A state track meet in the 3200 and 1600. She said, I just wanted to prove to myself I could do it, she said. Now, Alderson says she's more motivated than ever to bring home her second individual cross country hire. I want to see her. She's driven, she's focused, and really wants to have a great season, Castleman said. It's always enjoyable when I can bring you feel-good stories like this of being at a level, then having a setback, but also being able to fight through that setback and make a comeback. So now, what we do? We're going to shift again. We're going back into football. And what we're going to do? We're going to look at the rankings after week three. Week three football rankings did significant movement in the smaller classes, along with top five teams losing in Class Two A and eight-man Division One. Every class eight-man Division Two. 4A had a new team in the ranking. But we start at 6A, and of course, it should be no surprise. Derby comes in at number one. Coming in, number two, Olathe North. Number three, Blue Valley North. Number four, Blue Valley Northwest. Number five, Olathe Northwest. Number six, Manhattan. Number seven, Blue Valley. Number 8, Lawrence Free State. Number 9, Junction City. And number 10, Dodge City. Derby opened its new reconstructed stadium with a big win. On late the North, cruise to its second straight dominant victory. Blue Valley North beat Bishop Meade in 4A. Manhattan defeated Junction City in the Silver Trophy rivalry. Free State, 2-0, well, now 3-0 after a the season. Last year, so now we look at 5A and note that these games, these rankings are preceding the week three matchup. So who's that new number one right there? So who's that number one in 5A? Well, that would be St. Thomas Aquinas, who will happen to fell victim last night. So they will be dropping from the number one spot, which means Bishop Carroll might have moved up to the number one spot, but they took it on the 10 to derby last night, which most likely means Mill Valley would be your number one team. So prior to St. Thomas Aquinas, number one, Bishop Carroll, number two, Mill Valley, number three, Northwest checking in number four, and they might be dropping out of the rankings after their loss last night. Capon, Mays, I'm pretty sure they will move up at the number five spot. Number six, Hayes. Number seven, Caputa Seaman. Number eight, May South. And I'm pretty sure they're going to move up too, along with number nine team who pulled off the victory against Northwest last night. I'm pretty sure they will move up so there. will be significant movement going on in that class 5A and coming in at number 10 and coming up with victory last night, Wichita Heights. Class 4A, Bishop Miege. Number one, Andover Coming in. At number two, St. John's Academy Coming in. At number three, Baser Linwood. Number four, McPherson Coming in. At number five, Buehler. Number six, KC Piper. Number seven, Winfield. Eight, Cayola. Nine, and Mimigo, Ten put me in at 3A ranking. Andale. Number one. Collegiate number two, Caney number three, Holton four, Frontenac five, Southeast Salem six, Scott City seven, Pratt eight, Petita Hayden nine, Prairie View ten. And then two way Rossville number one, Silver Lake two, Garden Plain three, Nemaha Valley, Nem- Nemaha Central, excuse me, number four. Hillsborough, five. State City, six. Beloit, seven. Mower Hill, eight. Thomas More Prep, Marion, nine. Wellsville, ten. Speaking Opie, two and o at 1-8, Opie, 2-0 at number one. Smith Center, number two. Enman. number three. Plainville at four. Jackson Heights, five. Cedric at six. Contreras at seven. Conway Springs, eight. Wabonsee nine, Jefferson County North ten. Eight Man Division one, Canton Galva, one, Madison, two, Little River three, Hill City, four, Bartini, Trego, five, Mead, six, Argonia, Attica, seven, Coyote, Wichita County, eight, clifton Clyde, nine, Detmore, Hodgman County, ten. Eight man division two, Hanover one, Victoria two, Axe three, Thunder Ridge four, Frankfurt five, Osborne six, Downs Lakeside seven, Caldwell eight, wheatland Grinnell nine, Waverly ten. And looking at the six man ranking, and they only rank five. Here's their five team ranking number one. Bird City, men number one. Natoma, number two. Cunningham, three. Moscow, four. And Ashland, five. There are your rankings for the state of Kansas. Like I said, these were prior to week three matchups. So there will definitely be some movement. The next week we will definitely bring you the updated rankings as there were some teams that lost, some teams that will most likely probably drop out of even the top 10. Don't count those teams out. So what I'm going to do right here now is I will take another break. So I'm taking quite a few breaks, but I can do that. And when I come back, we will have the Coaches Corner segment, which is sponsored by Health Connections with Three locations to serve you. Two of them um, in Wichita at 1701 West Douglas, 3101 North Rock Road, Suite 170, and 1001 North Rose Hill Road in Rose Hill, Kansas. That is the Health Connection. Owner, Natalie Greenlee, stop by and tell her the A-train sent you. So once again, we're going to go ahead and pause and take this break. Stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Tune back after you've missed Want to enhance your workout? Try the workout bands everyone is talking about. Three different resistance levels, light, medium, and heavy. Only at www.cakeybums.com. That's www.cakeybums.com. www.cakeybums.com to enhance your workout. With the resistance bands that everyone is talking about.
1: The Coaches Corner is sponsored by the Health Connection. The best choice for alternative medicine and holistic healing. The Health Connection has two locations in Wichita, Kansas, 1709 West Douglas Avenue and 3101 North Rock Road, Suite 170. And they also have a third location at 1001 North Rose Hill Road in Rose Hill, Kansas. Check them out on the web at thehealthconnection.online or give them a call 316-841-0003. Back to the show. Choo choo.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Welcome into the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. And we're going to do this Coach's Corner segment, which is sponsored by none other than the Health Connection owner Natalie Greenland. The three locations serve you. two of them right here in Wichita, 1701 West Douglas and 3101 North Rock Road, Suite 170. And also in Rose Hill at 1001 North Rose Hill Road in Rose Hill, Kansas stop by and tell Natalie that A-Train sent you. Well, guess what, people? Time for the coach's corner. And I went way down Ohio. Buckeye State. Right. The Buckeye State. Home of the Buckeyes. The Toledo is it the Zips? Anyway, Ohio is known for some good football. So, all the way from Ohio, my good friend, and he's also co-host on another podcast that we actually started, but today, he's putting on his coach's hat, James Davis McAllister. Let's welcome James to the train.
4: Thank
5: you can sit down. Thank you, thank you, thank
0: you. James, um, man, it's, it's been a while. How are you doing?
5: Uh I'm, I'm doing okay, man. I'm hanging in there. Um, you know, I'm getting back into the podcast grind. I'm off a tour right now, so I can uh, focus on the podcast and I'll tell you what, it's nice to be talking sports uh, again, man. It's been a minute.
0: It has been a minute since we, man, last time we connected. I, I, it was a
5: playoffs last year. I lost um, count of
0: the days, months, and almost seemed like years.
5: It does. I mean, it was, uh, the, um, uh nfl playoffs we did right um, that was the last time we did last year's uh that's the last time we did a podcast together
0: yeah, absolutely well we're here today because you're in the hot seat it's called the coach's corner oh, and today you get to put on your coaching hat because you have had some experience coaching yes sir. so from a coaching standpoint versus a playing standpoint because i'm pretty sure you played some sports so you kind of know both sides of it Let's talk about coaching in general because over the years, we have over the last year or two, maybe we've lost some legendary coaches. And this is pretty much going to be the, the lead-in. We've lost John Thompson, we lost the John Chaney of the world, uh, coaches of that magnitude. Uh, we've lost some other great names. Those are the first few that come to my mind because you look at today's culture of kids, you know, with the AAU circuit and, you know, and one and Reese's basketball tournament. I mean, anybody that can come over to the tournament, do you think we will ever see coaching of the sort? I mean, even the Bobby, you mentioned them, Bobby Knights. I mean, these guys were no. strict, stern disciplinarians. Do you think their style of coaching could actually mesh today or would they adapt?
5: Absolutely not. Um, Today's kids are more uh, receptive of tough love, but not in the way of like Bobby Knight. Let's be honest. Bobby Knight was a very, very abrasive coach. If he were to do that nowadays, he'd probably be fired. Let's be honest. Um, The way the world is going now, uh, that type of behavior wouldn't be tolerated, you know? I've come to find out that just embracing them with honesty and sternness goes a lot further than scolding and putting them down. Um, these kids are a lot; they're raised differently, man. They're 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 very coddled, you know. They they, you know, it's a lot different lifestyle. Um, to grow up into, you know, um, even I'm 34, and even my, you know, from my lifestyle and growing up, it's just so much different. Like, if a coach cusses at a kid in high school, they have a chance of getting fired, you know. Um. So it's, it's very different. So, no, I don't think it would ever work, to be honest. That's why you're seeing a lot of younger guys like Matt Rolls and, the, you know, close to the, you know, uh, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator for the Cowboys, because these guys understand that, right? And uh, you're going to see more of this young coach infusion um, in football. Basketball is a little different. I think you need to be a little older in basketball um, because it requires. And it's no offense to football, but it requires a lot more um, decision-making as far as and I know people probably look at me like whatever, but it requires a lot more decision making as far as running plays, running them at the right time, calling a timeout at the right time, having the right defense set, having the right, you know, running the right motion or running the right uh, man-to-man or press, you know. And football, it's pretty straightforward, you know. Defenses run three, four, five, two, four, three, whatever it may be. It's pretty plain and cut. Everybody knows their roles. Basketball is more random. It's not as scripted, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So back to your point no i don't think that the abrasiveness would ever work in this day and age
0: so now the saying goes like this in college basketball it's all about the coach once you get to the nba it's also about it's more so about player so how would that equate in football from high school to college to the pro level
5: coaching um High school is a lot more difficult than college. And I'll say that because college is, you recruit certain players for certain positions, right? Well, high school is a lot different. Um, here in Ohio, only Catholic schools are allowed to recruit, number one. Um, so you kind of, like my school here, Sebring, Ohio, we have 150 kids from seventh grade to 12th grade. Um, you know, we haven't made the playoffs since 1992. Uh, wow. This year, actually last year, we had two uh, running back. We had a uh, running back, twin running backs that both rushed for 1,000 yards last year. And we won three or four games, I think. Um, this year, I think we're 2-2. Two and two. Uh, And those same running backs this is their senior year. They almost have, both have 1,000 yards already. So it's about, like, see, high school, you have to be way more strategic because, especially at a smaller school, it's a lot less even, right? We All the schools that Sebring plays are quadruple their size. Mm-hmm. college is designed to like to have the mac the big 12 the big 10 so that like schools play like schools do you see what i'm saying they got yeah. division 1a and then they got you know uh division uh, uh what is it the championship series bowl series and then they got division 1a with the playoffs and stuff so it's much different it's totally different than basketball um because again you know high school football and i know it's kind of with what i said but high school football is. It comes down to finding its speed. High school football is all about speed, and and that's just what it is. That's why you'll see a lot of these teams they just run the ball, and that's why you're seeing a lot more running quarterbacks in the NFL, and you're seeing a shift in the way people are playing because the game is speeding up. Well, when you go to college, it slows down a little bit because mm-hmm. there's more discipline. But then when you go to the NFL, it speeds back up. So football is a really different. Um, it's like a roller coaster. Basketball is like a straight up. You're straight going up the roller coaster and you never come down. Football is going up, going down, going up. You know, uh, there's multiple facets that go into football uh, as far as, you know, the coaching goes. And I think that um, it's better to have an older coach for high school football and things like that. that Someone who's, you know, a little bit more experienced that can, has been there, uh, preferably alumni. Somebody that These kids already know or something. Like right now, our coach is is a a classmate of mine, Matt Seidel, and Mm -hmm. he is just—he's turned this football team around because you know he played there. He played for Mount Union, Mount Union Purple Raiders, which is right down the road. You know, the uh, Division III, I think, 15-time national champs. Um, so yeah, it's different. They're just totally different worlds. Uh, They really—it's like comparing apples and oranges. You can't do it.
0: Right. So. Let's draw on your experience from your time of dabbling and dabbling in coaching. What was the experience like, and what did you gain from it, and what were you able to lend to the game in which you were somewhat coaching in?
5: My first taste of coaching was when I was the quarterback for uh, Sebring High School. I played, was a starting quarterback and also a starting strong linebacker. I called plays on both sides of the ball. The coach gave me, you know, it, it was to a point. I mean, we got we got slaughtered every game. I mean, our first game, we lost seventy-two to nothing. We was put that way.
0: Ow. Um was that eight man or so, six man?
5: <laughs> uh, it's twelve man. We'll, again, it goes back to we're playing a school with two thousand kids, and we have one hundred fifty. Right. You know. And you know.
0: Um, you know. I had to reference that because here in the state of Kansas, we have eight man and six man football, and they just yeah recently, we don't have that here. And they just recently voted and said that six man is going to actually basically be uh, sanctioned, governed, you know, sport. So, and you know, when you, you score 70 to the zero, the first thing you think of, uh, that has to be eight men or it has to be six men?
5: Because- <laughs> no, it was the fact that their line averaged 230 pounds and ours was 140, you know. And uh, yeah. that's what, it, you know, high school comes down the line a lot too because you're going to run the ball again in high school. Well, long story short. The coach said, hey, James, man, you know, because I dislocated my elbow. I got I got really messed up doing it. He said, listen, he's like, I trust you. If you want to call an audible? Do it. So I averaged about 100 rushing yards a game because if we had a pass play, I would usually audible out of it. I was very good at tricking the defenses and um, allowing, you know, I work looking over acting like I'm going to throw it to this tight end, you know, like anxiously, but then I take off QB sweep 18 to the right, 20 yards down the field. Um, that was my first experience of kind of like Peyton Manning, right? And I did, I had funny things too. I'd be like, Yu-Gi-Oh, blue 42, blue, you know, uh, iguanas, you know, things like that. I had, if I said a pet, you know, if I said uh, an animal, that meant that I was going to go QB 18 sweep. If I said a color, that means we were going to switch to play from the right, you know, hole, whatever hole it was, one, two, or three, to the left hole. So there was certain ver- verbiage that I was allowed to create on my own.
0: Okay. Well, go ahead. So it's kind of like, when Peyton Manning says Omaha pretty much then, right? Yes,
5: absolutely. What Omaha means is that he's looking at the strong linebacker and that he wants the receiver to go in motion. And Once he goes in motion, he gets to whatever side. Typically, it's the right side. He'll lift his left foot up, grab it, hike. And sometimes it would just be bull crap. It would depend. You know, Peyton Manning is hands down. I think he's the best quarterback ever, in my opinion.
4: Mm-hmm. And people
5: say, well, People say, well, he only has well, he had two rings. He got one with Denver and one with, and he, yeah, he has two, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, you know, no way he was in this many Super Bowls, blah blah blah. I'm like, you also have to look at who he had around him, you know, and not just that he was responsible for the offense that you know. I, I remember watching him when he first went to Denver, and it was it was just it was. That's when I really fell in love with Peyton Manning because, you know. He had what he had and he made the best of it. And he won a Super Bowl, man. And the way he did it, it would annoy me, you know, playing Madden, right? Playing the video game Madden. If you play against Peyton Manning, oh my gosh. There's so many audibles and things like that. But he has a mind that I don't think will ever be matched. Nobody's ever had a mind like him. And if he comes to coach, mark my words, if he ever becomes a coach, that team will win a Super Bowl. Um, But it's, uh, you know, a lot of see football is like that it's kind of it, it's kind of like a basketball right where lebron james coaches the lakers and he does right because he's a quarterback right he sees that that court better than that coach could ever dream of seeing it just like um monzo ball should be in that role unfortunately he gets tossed around because his father's an idiot and you know he's just a media distraction hopefully the bulls keep him and because he is uh he has the best court vision, I think, in the NBA over even LeBron. But, I, I, honestly, I'm going on a tangent here. You know how I do that because I start thinking all these other things. But, um, I, 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 what, was your, what, what was your original question to that? My gosh, I'm sorry. I just oh. went on a tangent about Peyton hey, Manning. You,
0: hey, you got your coaching hat on, and you just pretty much analyzed everything. But, basically, from your experience of coaching, what, were you, <laughs> it, what were you able to learn from it, and what were you able to give this. back to the game? Because based on what you're saying, you was pretty much a coach while you were playing in high school, which sounds kind of like Bobby Bowden.
5: Bobby Bowden, huh?
0: Because Bobby Bowden, I think during his college days, he he either started in his high school days or college days. I'll have to go back and listen to that archive of that podcast because he was basically the coach on the field. And then after his playing days, he basically got into coaching. But he was also right. the coach, uh, the track coach, the athletic
5: director. He was everything. <laughs> right. Well, look at look at Patrick Mahomes. He's the closest thing to Peyton Manning we have right now. And watching him, I, I tell you, people need to take heed to that because they'll never see this again. He will go down as the best quarterback of all time. I've called that already. I remember when I had him the second year in my fantasy football league, people were laughing at me. I dropped him in the last round and he ended up being the number one fantasy player. That man does things that we thought were humanly impossible, you know, like throwing over the right side, like he'll be running to the right and then he throws all the way over to the left, you know, and people, a lot of people, you know, that because, that's because his father was a coach and he was a, an MLB baseball player. So he was brought around coaching. You'll notice like um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, people that their fathers or mothers are coaches and coach them when they're younger, they'll tend to end up being quarterbacks in those main positions and then they in turn end up being coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean look at all the father-son lines there are man.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> now let me ask you this because like could say you you had a chance to dribble in coaching. If there were I'm not going to limit you, I'm not going to handcuff you. I'm not going to do that to you. But while you were getting your feet wet in coaching. hmm what coaches did you want to pattern yourself out? And the reason I said I'm not going to handcuff you, because I started to say what one coach. But one I know coach. that would be unfair. So what coaches and even if you decide, hey, you know what, I want to get back into coaching again. What coaches would inspire you and what would, what would you say you could learn from them based on how they coach? Whether they're someone from the talking? past or someone in the present.
5: Do you mean my coaches, or like ones that are like MLB, NFL, college?
0: Whether it be MLB, NFL, college, NBA. Oh, okay. Or let's say, let's think... say if you want to coach football, who okay. would be your coaching idol?
4: Who
5: would I want? Hmm. Oh boy, let me think for two seconds here. Hmm. Um, Marv Levy, Buffalo Bills head coach. Um, uh, late '80s, early '90s. No question. Don't even that. No question at all. That's my favorite team. So maybe I'm biased, but uh, Marv Levy, uh, he's a genius. He really was. But if I'm being honest and not biased, um, probably Bill Cowher, maybe Bill Cowher. Um, yeah, probably Bill Cowher for the Pittsburgh Steelers, former head coach. Yeah, I think him. I, I think uh, had he you know, that's if he were still with the Steelers, they probably would have like ten Super Bowls, maybe maybe eleven. You know, um, but since they have a Terrible head coach. You know, they won't win a Super Bowl till he's gone. He Wait
0: a, a minute, coach. hold on. Did you say they have a terrible head coach?
5: Mike Tomlin's terrible, man. Like, there's no reason that they shouldn't have won at least four Super Bowls with the rosters he's had. You know, okay
0: and, now let me ask you this question. Let me start right there. Is he a terrible coach, or is it the fact that he wasn't gonna put up with some of the shenanigans? Like, he's, a Tony friend. O'Brien. he's a French, he's a Frenchity.
5: Listen, he allows toxicity to grow in the locker room, and and I don't know if you heard about that. Antonio Brown was like, he 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 was like being calling you know Ben a lot of racial slurs and things like that, and you know just Tom Brady don't allow that sh- that stuff. Almost said to Cusford, Tom Brady don't allow that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, Tom Brady. like, Listen, you're gonna come here. I'm the boss. You do that dumb stuff, you're out of here. And I don't like Tom Brady at all. Uh I, I can't stand him, uh, but. I'll say this: you know, people do respect him. You know, I think he's the most overrated quarterback of all time. But like, people, you know, respect him for whatever reason. I, I don't know why. I guess because he's forty-four and won all these Super Bowls. Like, oh yeah, okay. You know, um, I won't get into the conspiracies with that. But uh, it's it's yeah, you, you can't allow toxicity to grow in the locker room, and that's a lot of the problem with a lot of the NBA teams. Um, and that's why, you know. Uh, LeBron has. That's why LeBron is going to be like four nineteen in the NBA Finals because the dude is toxic. He's toxic. He 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 breeds toxicity when it comes to on court. You know he's a he's a diva. You know off the court he's an amazing man. But you know, it goes back to that. You know and that's why I always say, listen, you can't compare Jordan and, and LeBron because they're two different eras. But Jordan wasn't toxic. Jordan told you he'll punch you right in the mouth and tell you to shut up. Straight up if you tried to cause trauma. You know, LeBron will just post on Instagram, mm, you know, it's just childish, you know. Um, So I think that toxicity, and you'll notice that within, like, uh, Bobby Knight, a reason why he didn't win. Did he ever win a title?
0: Yes, he did. He won He won in Indiana.
5: Okay, what, in the early 90s?
0: I believe so. I, I think he might have won one or two titles. I'll have to do my due, due diligence he, could, on it. he was so don't quote his tech
5: me on in that. his career. And I know he brought them back to relevancy, but the toxicity that I truly believe in that it, it runs in my profession, the music world, um, you know, positivity breeds positive results. And, you know, you, you need that. And that's why Andy Reid's such a good coach. Um, that's why uh, John Gruden's such a good coach. That's why, uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones off the top of my head. They're they're very st- our coach Sean McDermott for the Buffalo Bills. That's why he's a good coach. Um, you know, you have to. This is a tip for all you coaches out there. Be positive, man. Don't be negative. Don't show your 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 players negativity. Show them positivity because it's going to rub off on them and watch what happens. You know, Absolutely. when Nick, you know, um, being an athlete, it's very it's a mental game as well. So, you know. That's why I say Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin should be a defensive coordinator. You know, that's what he is uh, because he tries to be friends and just allows that stuff to happen, which I'm surprised the Roonies are allowing it to happen, but they are, it is what it is. I well, guess they're happy with you know.
0: One of the reasons, as you say, the Roonies may be allowing it to happen is because the Roonies just don't pull the trigger. Well,
5: and they created the rule that you needed. They're the ones that started the rule that, Um, what is the rule called where you have to have ethnic coaches? You know what I'm talking about?
0: The Rooney Rule. It's called the
5: Rooney Rule. It's called the Rooney Rule. So I think they feel pressured in a way, and they feel like, oh, we started this rule, so if we fire this man, then we'll look like, and it's like, I mean, don't fire him. Move him down to defensive coordinator.
4: Mm -hmm. You know?
5: Like, they had Joey Porter as their linebacker coach, and then they got rid of him, and then their linebacking core went to crap.
0: Right, Whatever. you're, it was basically centered around a game that they played against the Cincinnati Bengals in a playoff game, and things got kind of tested. And Joey Porter went out there on the field, and then I think later on that night, he got caught in the bar. Um, oh, let's just say, openly oh, that. Okay. <laughs> and you that,
4: never be a good coach.
0: And that became his un, his his undoing.
5: James Harrison will be one heck of a coach. Um, that you know. I really respect him when he said, I don't allow my kids to get trophies unless they earned it. And, you know, I t- brought that into my life and my artist and I'll bring it into my daughter. You know, um, he. but it's not negative. He's He has a positive. He's very mean, stern, and positive. By the way, he went to Kent State, another Mac school. Kent State, Golden Flashes, shout out. Um,
0: Golden Flashes, all right. The shout out to the Flashes. You need that, you
5: need that <laughs> you need, see me, I'm too soft. I can never be a head coach in a major sport because I'm emotional and I get connected to people and I get, you know, like friendship, emotion, things like that. So it would be hard for me now if I got a check, eh, I could probably change that. But, you know, I'm an emotional guy. So James Harrison doesn't bar emotions, you know? Like the perfect, you, Coach K is a perfect prototypical coach for any type of sport ever. And so is Mark Few for Gonzaga. They're emotionless. They show zero emotion. And, you know, look how um, successful they both are. Mark Fuse, the most successful college coach of all time. I don't care what anybody says. They can say, oh, well, dude, the dude's made 21 straight, uh, you know, uh, NCAA tournaments. He's won 20 plus games, 21 players. The only team ever in the history of NCAA, you know, they, every year their whole entire roster gets drafted. Mm-hmm. And that's because the style of coaching, you know, it's that sternness. And, and because they're kids at the end of the
4: right. day. Right. And
5: and no no, offense, a lot of them don't grow up with that fatherhood or that type of person, and that's the type of person you need to be at that level, is is a father, too, to them.
0: Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this one question, and this will be my final question, and we'll put the wraps on this. I mentioned some of the coaches that have gone on, passed on away, like your John Chaney, your uh, John Thompson. Coaches who were Mm -hmm. beyond coaches, there was – Pretty much, father. Then we had Roy Williams step down,
4: mm-hmm.
0: and Coach K announced that after this season, he'll be stepping down. Yeah. What will the landscape coach of college coaching look like? Because if they're not passing the way they're stepping down. What it, What will uh, those programs look like? Your North Carolina is your Duke, North, North, and especially when you're looking at the issues of Name, image, and likeness, and then looking at the realignment of conferences. How's that going to shape up not just college football, but college basketball when you don't have those legendary coaches around no more?
5: Well, you know, I'll, I'll make this quick, but we'll go to college football real quick. When Nebraska joined the Big Ten, they're my favorite team, Bill Huskers. They, they, they are the worst they've ever been And I was so upset. I'm like, they should not compete in the Big Ten. They're the recruiting, right? So that's number one. So what you need to do and what a lot of you see the Kevin you see the um old Memphis coach, uh help me out here, Memphis Yeah, uh, coaching uh, hardaway. There you go. You're seeing more and more of these players, and that's what needs to happen. You know why? Because they're going to attract these young kids that grew up admiring them and stuff. You know, so you're gonna see North Carolina reach out to a Vince Carter. Don't be surprised if you see Vince Carter step in uh eventually, or a marked few from Gonzaga. Um You know, they, and you're going to see more and more and more of that. And that's what's going to happen, man. I mean, look at Patrick Ewing. You know, he coaches the, you know, Georgetown Bulldogs. Um, It's, you're going to see that. And that's going to be the landscape is you're going to see former alumni or NBA players uh, coming in. Now with NCAA football, it's more of a system because you have 19 million coaches on your team. So it's like kind of he said, she said, who you know, it's not what you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the times, you know, coaching trees, like look at Bill Belichick's coaching tree. What he has, what does he have? Like seven head coaches are from his tree in the NFL right now? Like, that's insane, you know? So, it, 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 that, unfortunately, that's how football is. It's very tight knit. Now, basketball is much different, you know, because you get these uh, kids that do the student coaching and things like that. But, yeah, man, that's what you're going to see. You're going, and you're also going to see a lot higher scoring uh, NCA basketball because, uh, these these uh, nba guys you know are seeing the shift and the change and let's be honest it's all about you know speed anymore in basketball not size i mean look at the houston rockets they ran with the six foot seven center and i mean if they were conference, to compensate they'd have made the finals right
4: you know?
5: so yeah you're gonna see a faster game back in like the unlb days when they were averaging like what 100 like what was it something like 120 points a game something ridiculous um so you'll see that and you're going to see a lot of younger uh coaches that's going to be the landscape uh period because it's just how the world's moving and we're never going to see the roy williams and coach case again and i'm sorry to say that but it's just true because look at lebron james and then i'll shut up (laughs) you know back when jordan played it it was about being loyal to your team look at reggie miller reggie miller could have went somewhere else in one ring but he stayed loyal to indiana that's, right. There's no loyalty anymore. There's zero right.
0: loyalty. There's now. no loyalty, and there are no rivalries.
5: That's why Giannis Antetokounmpo is my favorite player in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? Because he, you know, he got that ring that he deserves. He's going to stay in Milwaukee now. And and that's what we need to see more of. We need to see more loyalty because that's why you're seeing when, – when LeBron falls apart, which – if they don't go undefeated and win the and win the ring this year, Russell Westbrook's my favorite player. So wherever he goes, that's my favorite team. I'm puking trying to root for LeBron, but even though he's from down the road, uh, Russell deserves a ring. Yeah. So and they'll get it. Um, but it's just it's so it, it's like scripted just like wrestling anymore, you know. So yeah, I don't know. You're going to see a lot younger uh, coaches, a lot more player, coaches, a lot more LeBron James' type people, you
0: know? Well, I tell tell you what, we're going to wrap this up, but I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to do this again soon, and I want you to get your thinking cap on because we're going to go hard in on HBCU. I worked with a guy today, and he said it won't work. It won't work. But as long as you have a Deion Sanders, as long as you have an Eddie George, and I can't think of the other guy name, I think it can work, especially if they keep doing what they're doing in the forefront talking about because the old saying goes like this. It's a poor frog that won't praise his own pond. So next time I get you back on there, we're going to talk HBCU, Historically Black Colleges and Universities, and why we think it will work. But I want to say thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And just to let the listening audience know we do have another podcast that we do called Salt and Pepper. We let you guys figure out who the salt and who the pepper is. Don't oh, let the voices fool you. Again? But <laughs> until the next time, we're getting ready to pull this train into the station. Uh, the music is starting right now. So, James, once again, my guest on the A Train Sports Talk podcast. Hey, In no the coach's corner. We've done, you took up the whole 30 minute segment there. But I thank you. We're going to do this again my soon.
5: My apologies for rambling, man. You know how I get I, I get on tangents and not. Uh, hey, that's. Long. Thank
0: yes. you for having me, uh, A-Train. Nope, really no up. problem.
5: Once again, going
0: the Taliesin. Well, that put a wrap on this. We got to get out of here. Thank you for tuning to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Train pulling into the station. I'm getting out of here. Until next time, take care of yourself. Be blessed.